0: Hello, and welcome to Halo's Heaven Radio. I am Jessica DeLine here with Rick Sadres. Hello. And we are short a couple other uh, participants today, so we're going to do things a little bit differently than usual. Instead of covering every player on the 40-man roster, we're going to highlight some of the special and not-so-special performances, including a couple of the minor league guys on the 40-man roster. So that being said, there were some... Very noticeable performances this week from some of our players, good and bad. Uh, one of the bads that stands out, of course, is Mike Trout. He had a rough week, just one week removed from AL Player of the Week. What happened there? Jeez.
1: <laughs> I think you're being a little hard on him. I mean, four hard what, on him. four singles like <laughs> over uh, 22 at bats. <laughs> his 182 was average more and a 250 <laughs> on base percentage. I mean, that's. It's absolutely atrocious out of him. He came up in a bunch of big spots. He completely failed in those big spots. It was ab—it was hard to watch him this week. And he struck out all the time. You—you you just knew it was coming too. Like, and he—he he, he seemed to not know where the not know where the ball was going. He was just guessing all like the whole week long. And today just compounded that with those. He had two men on. He was a big spot. I think it was two outs. And he just took strike three down the middle on a hanging slider. That is absolutely unacceptable from the best player in baseball. I mean, you expect him to at least offer at it. I I don't know what's going on. Maybe he has an eye problem or something right now. Maybe he has, like, pink eye. But (laughs) hopefully things will improve next week. I think maybe the player of the week honors screwed him over. I think maybe it uh, messed him up. I think so. Got to his head. He got a big head.
0: Yeah, gets in the way of he, seeing
1: his uh the ball. <laughs> you
0: know, not <laughs> we don't have some of the advanced stats for today, but the prior six days he actually only had a two fourteen batted ball in play, um, which is, you know, definitely some bad luck too, right?
1: He had a little bit of bad luck. There were some there were some balls that he hit on a line. Um, there was one, especially yesterday, that was like looked like looked like it was gonna be a double. It was like one hundred nine miles off, one hundred nine miles per hour off the bat to uh, Loriao. But overall, I mean, you just have to, you have to make an adjustment. You know what I mean? Like, you can't keep hitting the ball the same way and expect it to suddenly start falling in. Yeah.
0: You got to yeah, make definitely. some adjustments.
1: Oh, the, yeah, you do. The big thing that I noticed about it this week is that he seems to be pulling the ball a lot. They're pitching him away, sliders away, fastballs away. And when they, After, of course, they go inside on him like three times in a row. He he offers at those pitches that are far and away off the off the plate, and he tries to pull them, and it's warning track power.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I you mentioned that earlier that he seemed to be pulling the ball a little bit, so I actually looked up the stats on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this week before today, his pull rate was around thirty six percent. Last year, all year he pulled at I think it was thirty eight or thirty nine percent. So I think it looked like he was. Uh, I think maybe but... just the
1: balls that carried Looked like that then. Yeah, yeah. Because that really... you definitely noticed that a lot of those deep fly balls he had were just shy of the bullpen because the whole thing was at home, right? And so everything kept falling right in front of the bullpen. He had one that we thought was gonna be a bomb off of uh, what's his face, Mike Fires, and fell just it fell just shy. Uh, I think it was Grossman that caught it right right in front of the bullpen. He was just missing the ball, so maybe things are going to go ahead and turn around once he makes a slight adjustment. But um, he's got to—he's got to at least offer that pitch down the middle. I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, he does, and he also had a 64% fly ball rate, which is great if you're getting it out of the park. But uh, that's pretty high, and as you said, you know, a lot of those uh, fly ball outs in the outfield—that's
1: had two,
0: two in the infield. He had—he had two infield fly ball outs.
1: Yeah, that's Kozardian. Yeah. Cozart, Cozart has that, like, what, 40-degree 40, 40 launch angle?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even Otani. I mean, Otani's a line drive hitter, right? Otani is absolutely more, a line drive hitter. His fly ball rate was 21%. So,
1: Yeah, well, his numbers were definitely a lot better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should we jump into Otani? Anything else we want to cover on Trout's terrible week?
1: No, I mean, I'll, the only other thing I'm going to say is that he also... As far as contributions to the team, like, you know, I love Mike Trout. He's my favorite player of all time. But if you're in a situation where it's a close game and you're on base and you're fast, maybe you want to consider trying to make some things happen.
0: Yeah. There were
1: a couple times <laughs> that he was just standing on first, wasn't even taking his secondary lead. And I was like, what is going on? He's, Trout's interesting, and, and stealing
0: bases, there's, there's definitely two parts of stealing bases, right? There's reading the pitcher, and then there's the speed, and he definitely has the speed. He's not great at reading pitchers, if you watch him a lot. He gets, he gets tricked a lot by, by the pitcher's moves, so I, I think that's
1: something he can improve on. I, I don't, I'm not really certain how much of it is reading the pitchers, and how much of it is just being afraid to take a big lead. He takes one of the smallest leads of all base stealers out there. He's consistently at like ten feet from first. Everyone else is at twelve to thirteen. You take away those two feet, and you're ju- and you're not that much faster than everyone else. When he was when he was like twenty, he wasn't taking those ten foot leads. He was taking like twelve, thirteen. And he had the speed to go with it. I, I I'm not sure if it's more that he's afraid to be caught. Off the bag. But I don't think his reads are bad. I think he's just not taking a big enough lead to make the move that he could be moving. That he could be doing. I don't know. It's hard to tell with him what his thought process is there. I just... There's so many frustrations with him on the bases specifically for me. As you know, I'm very about the aggressive base stealing. And he Mm. is not about that. Well, our
0: whole team's not, really.
1: (laughs) Is that a... uh, Team-wide philosophy, or is that just like every individual player just doesn't like to steal?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we have some people who are capable of it, but yeah.
1: The thing is, even when Socha was here, you know, he loved aggressive, ba- ag- aggressive base running too, and it seemed like even then we weren't being high risk, high reward.
0: Yeah. If only we had signed Billy Hamilton.
1: I would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: have a guy that fast and that good at stealing bases
1: yeah you know what i would do i would trade i would trade brian goodwin for terrence gore i would do that i know that's a terrible move but i love the idea that ned yost has about keeping terrence gore on the bench at all times to use to score that last run you need to tie or pass the other team
0: (laughs) yeah it's a good strategy (laughs) all right so i think we've uh exhausted the Trout terrible week. He also struck out a team leading six times, tied with Calhoun and Otani.
1: Well at least Calhoun and Otani did some other things. (laughs) Uh,
0: Calhoun did not, I beg to differ. His one eleven average. He
1: did he did some.
0: Well he he drove in two more runs than Trout.
1: (laughs) Yeah, via one extra base hit that Trout didn't have.
0: Uh, Yeah. All right, who do we want to cover next? Let's go right date?
1: into Otani. Let's go bad, good. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Because Otani was the complete opposite. Um, he was incredibly aggressive. He was. How many home runs did he hit this week? Three.
0: I'm sorry, including two on Sunday. Oh, three. Yeah.
1: So, he had and three home runs, had five RBIs, ten hits. Slugging percentage of nine fifty five across twenty two at bats, uh, he absolutely killed the ball all week. Even on the bad days, he was the guy getting on base.
0: Uh, yeah, that's he certainly was.
1: So even on the games on we base? lost, Jeez. even on the games <laughs> we lost, like he was just constantly getting on. Um, he had so five extra base hits in six games. I mean, that's not bad at all. He even had a stolen base. However. His base running also needs a lot of work.
0: Well, it does. He stole the base, but yeah, his base running in general is is a little shaky.
1: (laughs) Well, one of those two doubles that he had also came immediately before he got tagged out between second and third when he should not have gone. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. And so, if you if you all are listening and think this podcast is boring and want to hang up here or close out your browser, we are going to talk about whether or not Otani should pitch or hit or both or neither next year.
1: So we're also well, that. we're going to do it tonight, actually, but we're going to yeah, talk we're about gonna, it at the end of the podcast
0: <laughs> yeah. at the end of the podcast. We're going to talk about that.
1: Well, the thing is, um, like, we'll go into that later. But the thing is, with Otani's performance this week. He was absolutely the star of the week. He did everything, no doubt. Yeah, he 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 performed out the wazoo, and in short, to preview later on, that's the biggest reason why I don't ever want to see him. But, uh,
0: no, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it for later. <laughs>
1: All right, well, Uh, who other bad person do you want to go over?
0: Otani, I don't know if we're done with Otani quite yet, because he had such a great week. He had a 43% line drive rate, which is fantastic. That's 57% hard hit rate, which was the second highest on the team, uh, after Simmons, who had a small sample size.
1: Simmons had the highest hard hit
0: rate? 60%. Simmons had, had seven plate appearances and zero soft hit balls.
1: Yeah, but like five were pop-ups How do you not consider that a soft-hit ball?
0: He had zero, he had 40% Medium hit, but Otani Basically had the highest hard-hit percentage On the team last week
1: Well, yeah, it was It was absolutely great Otani, keep doing what you're doing, man Like
0: (laughs) Right, Uh, his batted ball play last week Was 538 Wow
1: Dang (laughs) He absolutely should be part of the home run derby I don't that, care what anybody says.
0: Uh, he should. I mean, if he's not, that's that's a shame because he's going to blast it. You know, something interesting I was thinking about today with Otani and the Home Run Derby is he has some of the best raw power in the league for sure. Mm-hmm. But he really gets under some of those. Oh, yeah. And Home Run Derby is all about time. So I wonder if that would impact him uh, in the end with waiting for those balls to come down, unless he cheats like Bryce Harper did last year.
1: Well, you remember his, <laughs> uh, his infamous batting practice sessions before games last year yeah <laughs> his bombs at the at the home run derby would be absolutely incredible he'd be up there with you know he's he's up there with the best of them joey gallo and all of them
0: yeah yeah when i went when i saw the home run derby live at petco park stanton was just crushing the ball and that's exactly what otani would be doing
1: exactly i i completely mm-hmm. agree with that i think he should be there for sure
0: yeah, so we have to go to a bad one now, huh? I got. Yeah, one let's of those. go to a bad one. I got one of those. One that I wanted to have on the list is Brian Goodwin.
1: Okay, why do you want to talk about Brian?
0: Well, aren't we glad we kept him over Cesar Puello?
1: I am thrilled that we kept him over Cesar Puello. He was 0
0: for 10 with five strikeouts last week. He's been on the decline for like a month. That's one of the reasons why I was like, really? Goodwin over Puello? I don't know.
1: I was fine with keeping Goodwin... But he has been very, very cold. Yeah. Way too cold. Yep. And, frankly, I'd rather have Tovar on the team right now. (laughs) (laughs) Goodwin has been, I don't even want to look at the the splits,
0: but I would guess in the month of June he batted somewhere around 200 or maybe even less.
1: Well, over the course of the season, he's been about slightly above league average. Maybe he's down below there now or, or, or or at it now. Um, but the big problem with him is his defense is the worst on the team. I saw a, I saw a graph that um, Jeremy Frank, I believe his name is, uh, put on Twitter. He's the guy who does MLB random stats. And he put a graph on there, and Brian Goodwin was down at the bottom when it was showing a chart of the Angels and their offense versus their defense. He was at the very bottom. Yeah. And so... The only person who was arguably worse on the chart than him in any way, shape, or form was somebody that we will not spotlight today because I talked about him way too much, but it was Luke Roy.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about him today. Um, so Goodwin, in his last seven days, um, batted zero. His last, 14, <laughs> his last 14 days, he's batting 143 with a 143 on base. He hasn't walked at all.
1: And that's his one last... big thing that changed about him too, because in the early part of the season he was walking all the time.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think he just ran out of steam, but if you so his month of June, this is what I was getting at here. So his month of June, he had fifty at fifty plate appearances. He batted two thirty four with a two sixty on base. He's been terrible.
1: That's horrible.
0: That's horrible. So I know some smart people who are listening to this podcast are going to be like, well, what has Cesar Pueyo been doing? Glad you asked.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cesar Pueyo over the last 14 days is only batting one fifty, but a two ninety two on base. He's not playing a lot. Uh, the change of environment might have affected him in a bad way. We don't know. He was on a roll here is all we
1: know. What I think happened, I think Goodwin is pressing because he was struggling and so now he's trying to swing earlier and more often, which is causing him to strike out more than he was before and yeah. walk less than he was before. I think because of the struggles, he kind of is in a situation where he's like, I need to perform, otherwise I'm going to get sent down. Or not sent down, I'm sorry, he, he didn't even have an option, so he would just be right. released or put on waivers. And so he's probably pressing.
0: That could be, yeah. There's There's something going on, and... Um, I'd love to see the Angels do something ridiculously crazy and DFA Goodwin and bring up (laughs) Adele.
1: (laughs) Well, how about they just do this? They can DFA Lucroy and call up Adele. And and Justin Upton can convert to a catcher. (laughs) Yeah, I'd,
0: I'd love to see Adele this year. I don't think we're going to. I mean, there's definitely some outfielders in Salt Lake who would get... Called up before him
1: but. I think we'll see him For the September yeah. call up
0: I think so Did that rule change This year? I thought
1: that 28? was Changing next year I could be mistaken they, they changed some rules Now and some then I don't understand that Yeah Just yeah, change yeah. them all At the same time
0: uh, Yeah But I'm going to go On a quick tangent On that 28 28 people call up For um, September It's terrible Because they're going to Call up a pitcher And a catcher
1: Yeah Probably It's absolutely terrible. (laughs) Or a speed person
0: and a pitcher. Or it's just, it's bad.
1: Think about how this also impacts the bad teams. In my opinion, what this does is incentivizes bad teams to trade off all of their good players before the deadline. Because they also took away the waiver trade deadline. Yep. And because they're taking away the waiver trade deadline, and they're taking away the September call-ups, they don't have the ability to test out their new players when they already know they're going to lose anyway, and they already want a higher draft pick. So they're going to trade off everybody so they can call up the new guys and get them some playing time in the majors. So this is going to make the bad teams worse. Yeah, that's, a,
0: that's probably an unintended consequence we're going to see. I think, uh, yeah, I would do that. I, I would think the Angels should go up that route as well because they're not going to the playoffs. Well, but, the big <laughs> problem
1: there that we're not going to go into is that Manfred should be able to figure out this con- consequence yeah <laughs> it shouldn't be unintended. These should be things that are thought about ahead of time.
0: Oh, I don't know I, I really <laughs> yeah that is that is a whole nother topic is whether they're actually thinking through these these decisions that they're making. All right, so good one. He had a rough week. he was he was pretty terrible. Um, I'd like to see him turn around or maybe maybe one of the guys from Salt Lake gets gets a call up. I don't know.
1: Well, another good guy since we can move on from him now. Would be Griffin Canning, I think. Canning finally managed to turn around because he had what two or three consecutive starts that were middling at best, and finally he managed to get some get his footing back against the A's, who took three of four from us. So that's obviously a good team to get it back against. With six strikeouts, only one walk again, so those are back back on the right track. But when before he was walking more again and striking out fewer. Uh, He still allowed two home runs, but he came away with the win and only three hits allowed across six innings. So we'll definitely take that.
0: Yeah, Canning is uh, one of those guys that you look forward to being part of our next championship run, right? Maybe in 2020, 2021, he's going to mature more.
1: Are you Uh, implying we're going to be a championship team next year?
0: I I think we have an outside chance next year and a bigger chance in 2021.
1: Well, the thing is, I thought we had an outside chance this year, but I don't think the team feels that way.
0: (laughs) I I don't think we do this year at all. Yeah. Maybe if Um, we didn't
1: lose three consecutive games to the A's and actually tried to win. (laughs) Maybe if our intention wasn't wasn't to part tank right now because we wanted to make sure that we don't have to become buyers and spend money
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i think the reason i think we have a chance next year is otani will be back pitching whether you want him to or not again that's coming later uh otani will probably be back pitching griffin canning will be more mature as a pitcher um so you have two number two number three type guys um we're still missing a frontline starter right but
1: we are definitely missing a frontline starter. We definitely need a torp. Uh, who? A top of the rotation pitcher.
0: Oh I didn't hear what you said at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need one of those guys. we don't we don't have them. Unless you even win. when Otani
1: comes back, we still don't have one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. so <laughs> Canning is I think I think Canning's a number number two number three type pitcher.
1: He is um, definitely better than than people were expecting. Um, yeah I mean, Angels fans, of course, were always homers about it. They were all like, "Oh, he's going to be the greatest of all time because we drafted him second in the second round, I mean, but um, <laughs> to be honest, most uh, prospect evaluators were not quite as bullish as angels fans. They expected him to be a three or four and a very solid one at that. Mm-hmm. Well, appears it appears. Then he has more of the, if, especially if he can limit the home runs, more yeah. of a Lance Lynn profile. High strikeouts, low walks. If you can limit those home runs, then he could probably be something extremely good. And Lance Lynn used to be extremely good. Yeah. He, he is this year, too, but he mm-hmm. used to be really, really good.
0: Yeah, and Canning is young, so he's got some time. Mm-hmm. Alright, so. um, then we have to go to... who do, do we, we have one left that we are going to cover. We we're going to talk about Justin Bohr a little bit.
1: Well, I also want to talk about Garneau.
0: Oh yeah, Garneau. Ah, I keep forgetting about Garneau.
1: Now, Garneau I have more in the math for the week, but I did want to mention how big of a difference the games were when Garneau was catching and when Lucroy was catching. This isn't a focus on Lucroy, it's a focus on Garneau. I promise.
0: All right. Well, let's let's but, talk about that. What, do, what what's the difference there?
1: Well, the biggest thing is, the second Lucroy entered the game because Garno actually got a decent amount of playing time this week. The second Lucroy entered the game both yesterday and today. The pitching got really bad. The strike zone got really really bad. The A scored seven runs immediately after Lucroy came in for Garno. <laughs>
0: That sounds like it's a talk about Lacroix. It, well, it's, it's not it's <laughs>
1: not. And, I, and here's why, okay? Because Lecroix isn't the good guy here. He's not the protagonist of the story. Garneau is. Garneau is a league average, or better, defensive catcher, which means that he is a hero. <laughs> for this team, <laughs> <laughs> if he if he could hit anything remotely close to Kevin Smith, he would be an all star, in my opinion. <laughs> and if Kevin Smith could catch anything like Garneau, same thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, the focus then. is not on Lucro. I promise.
0: <laughs> uh, what have you looked at Garneau's defensive catching metrics lately, or?
1: Well, I I did look at it a while back, but this was before this week. So, back then he was the he was actually above he was above average in catching metrics, framing, um even Jeffrey mentioned and on the I believe it was in one of his post games that his framing is actually really really impressive. He definitely steals a lot of strikes whereas Lucroy steals balls. <laughs>
0: That's true. Speaking of him stealing strikes, did we we did never post those two gifts of Carnell stealing those strikes, right?
1: I think I think oh, Jeffrey did.
0: Did he post those? Yeah, he did. Right, I hope so. All right, those were great. He yeah, there's a lot of that. It's 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 nice to have that in a catcher. Uh, and Garneau's getting a lot more playing time than Lacroix. So I think his, it's
1: maybe because these um, incredibly analytical executives that we have. Are finally realizing that maybe <laughs> there's something to the talk that uh, Jonathan Lucroy's defense is not as good as they claim it to be.
0: So, and I should correct myself: he's not getting more playing time than Lucroy, but he's not getting the one game a week backup catcher playing time. He had six at bats to Lucroy's ten at bats over the past week.
1: Well, it's also partially because Lucroy got um, he, he got some later appearances. After they were pin- after Garneau's pinch hit for, so I think it was definitely pretty even across the board as far as the amount of playing time they got. But Garneau, it, it was it was a huge huge night and day difference. So I hope to see more of him, even though his offense um, sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's talk about the last um... Justin Bour. Angels player that we wanted, yeah, Justin Bohr. He only had seven at bats, but I kind of wanted to throw him in here because they were rele- You know, he was relevant. He drove in four runs with two home runs mm-hmm. in his seven at bats, so that's pretty significant. He drew a walk as well, so he had a five hundred on base.
1: And I saw a lot of people started talking about it after I did. I, I talked about it incessantly, as you know. But <laughs> I saw a lot of people start talking about it on Twitter and on. Uh, Halo's Heaven and everything, they were asking why Boar was on the roster, not because he's been bad this week, but because he's been this good and he's just on the bench. Yeah, he's if been you're... good since he came back from Salt
0: Lake, and he's not getting the playing time.
1: Yeah, I mean, a 1,786 OPS over one week is, of course, a small sample size. Mm-hmm. But, when you compare that against uh, what three singles In 15 (laughs) at-bats, it's not going to be that much worse no matter what he does. And we saw one, two, three, was it four righties? Four right-handed starters?
0: No, it was five.
1: Uh, It was five right-handed starters. Was it? It was, yes, including today. So he saw five right-handed starters, and he started against two of them. Now... Yeah, I understand that Pujols needs to go ahead and have a standing ovation in St. Louis. Okay, whatever.
0: That I understand he week.
1: needed his groove pitch yeah? last yeah. week.
0: <laughs> last week.
1: Okay, I get. Yeah, I get that about last week. But against the Reds, after that two home run game, he sat the next day. We won that game, but that is stupid. Yeah, why would you sit him against a right hander? The very next day. And then why would you sit him against Mike Fiers, who in the past we have killed, but this year he has dominated our current lineup? Why wouldn't you let Justin Borg have a chance? He didn't even pinch hit. (laughs) And so I'm not upset about the fact that he didn't play. I'm upset about the fact that we were holding a roster spot captive— that could have been used for a pitcher, could have been used for somebody other than Luke Bard, who continued to suck. Cause Luke Bard pitched two two innings the night we won, and then another inning and gave up another run the night we lost against Mike Fires. Why is that? Is that acceptable? Like, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I'm not trying to get angry, I'm just I'm just livid, okay? Yeah? I don't understand it. And then they called up Jared Walsh. And I understand that he <laughs> has the flexibility to be a relief pitcher in a blowout game like today, for example. But he's also a first baseman. I thought we were all about flexibility here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have three roster spots assigned to first baseman this year. I know. Pretty well, regularly. That was,
0: that's what, and that's why I got mad that we signed a bore.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. And then we have Otani stuck in DH. And then we have Matt Theis completely blocked, which is why he's trying to start playing at third base now, which worked yep. so well for Taylor Ward. <laughs> I don't know. We're not over Taylor
0: Ward. We're over Taylor Ward at third base, maybe. Yeah,
1: Ward moved to moved to the outfield. But What I'm saying is Ward's yep. conversion to third base from catcher didn't go so well. It why do we not. expect Theis' conversion from catcher to first base to third base to go so well? Uh, right. It's worked in the past with Josh Donaldson and the like, but Josh Donaldson's a bit of an otherworldly defensive talent.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of the <laughs> conversions the Angels have done so far haven't worked out too
1: yeah, well. Yeah, and they also are go into the category tinkering
0: mm-hmm. when
1: with like Jemai Jones, who's been oh, absolutely God. atrocious since they started making him focus on a thousand other things. I'm, I I don't, I don't think that we are truly using the flexibility as much as Epler likes to say we are. The infielders, sure. I mean the the other the middle infielders, I see that. But yeah. we have a lot of guys in the outfield and on the right side of the infield that are kinda stuck where they are. And there's just they're just keeping roster spots hostage.
0: Yeah, that happens. I mean that's why Crone went away, right? And
1: Yeah that's yeah. why we gave him away was yeah. because he wasn't getting the playing time and he was an extra first baseman
0: yeah i mean in the end it may turn out really well cuz Renhefo could be a good piece for us but
1: but, but yeah, he, was really good this week by the way but I, he was yeah I, I don't i didn't want to like have a long discussion about him but he and Lastella this week were absolutely mm-hmm. awesome especially Renhefo yeah
0: oh that's that's the one yeah Tommy La All-Star yeah
1: <laughs> yeah lastella lastella definitely he definitely showed that he should be an all-star this week especially with the in inside the park home run and luis renjifo was killer this week he has yeah, been he killing really the past. what's his last 30 i want to see his last 30 really fast hang on for renjifo
0: oh but it's good well you're looking that up
1: it's uh i do I, I like right
0: oh you got it already okay yeah
1: it's he's batting 278 327 433 which a 760 on base plus slugging for a what 22 year old 21 year old 22 Mm -hmm. i mean that's 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 really really awesome for a guy who was not even a prospect a a year ago
0: right and they're making an effort to get him a lot of playing time which shows you that they're seeing him as a potential piece for the future and i agree
1: with that too and his defense has come a long way as well
0: right all right, so I think we covered all those guys. We got a couple of minor leaguers I wanted to talk about. One of them, not so good, and his name is Nick Tropiano. <laughs> I don't know if you pulled up his stats.
1: Uh, I didn't bother because I knew it wasn't going to be good no matter what I said. No matter no, what oh, no I said.
0: So he threw <laughs> 90 pitches uh, three days ago. 4.2 innings is all he lasted. He gave up eight hits, six earned runs two walks uh, no homers that's a plus
1: <laughs> that actually that sounds a... like a big improvement for him to be honest aside from the <laughs> runs i mean only two walks and zero home runs is actually... actually he's
0: only given up oh no he's given up five home runs in like eight games
1: yeah. but all, all all things considered with that with that stat line in salt lake i mean that's actually that's not too shabby like five era is the uh, league average there
0: yeah, but well, that was a seven two three ERA.
1: No, I understand. I'm just yeah. saying that like zero home runs in Salt Lake is near impossible, and <laughs> only two that's walks hard. is a huge improvement for him.
0: Yeah, but he's he's been yeah. Oh, that's seven two three is ERA on the season, right? So he has a seven two three ERA in 37 innings. Yeah, forty. I, mean, I, I I I'm gonna given say this. He's up a lot of contact.
1: I dislike Tropiano as much as the next guy, okay? Literally, I, I really do not like him being, especially on the 40-man. <laughs> I just don't like Tropiano at all. But from the sound of it, that start kind of makes it sound like he did a decent job of limiting hard contact and stayed in the strike zone and kind of got babipped.
0: Um, yeah, Maybe, yeah.
1: That's what it sounds like. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I didn't watch the game. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Typically speaking, Angels pitchers go to Salt Lake and they have ten ERAs. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And they also allow three or four home runs. So I'm especially this year with the with right. the the tennis balls they're using. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So all right. So there was another one. I wanted to, we we mentioned Taylor Ward already. They still have him listed as third base, which is kinda of funny. I'm not sure how much he's playing there anymore.
1: He's not um, really much at all, I think.
0: He's been he's been good in, in for the PCL. Um What's, last what's week, the stat line? Last week he had a two ninety two average with a three ninety two on base and a home run. Four walks uh, seven hits. He did strike out ten times. So <laughs> ten that's strikeouts. Not... Yeah, ten strikeouts in seven games.
1: Yep. The thing about Ward is, oh Jesus, yeah. I like that he goes deep into the count. I am a big fan of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that there are theoretically pitch counts deep enough that you can get into on an average basis where you would still earn a twenty-five man spot. Even if you had a zero average, like if you were taking 15, 16, 17 pitches every single time you came at the bat, I think that you're worthy of a roster spot. But that being said, Taylor Ward doesn't swing at anything. (laughs) I don't know why it is that when he comes to the majors, he can't even take the bat off his shoulder. But last year, it was so frustrating to watch him take three straight strikes down the middle. It is worse than watching Trout. He is beyond patient. He Mm -hmm. is to the point of laziness. I don't want to call him lazy. He's not a lazy guy, obviously. But it makes it look like (laughs) it.
0: Yeah, in his last week, I'm looking a little more at the stats here. He had a 4-for-4 day on Monday.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then he went... 3-4-20 3-4-20 with 10 strikeouts in his next six games. That was just... I, he fell apart. The rest of the so week. yeah, it
1: sounds like a slump with one good game in there. Yep. Well, I think the... that's
0: exactly... Actually, that was... He struck out 10 times in five games. Wow. Yeah, he I actually think, had a rough week if you take out that Monday.
1: I think Taylor Ward still has time. He's shown the ability to hit at the level just below the majors. I think he has time to pick it up. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, him moving to the outfield, even though I recommended that move because third (laughs) base was so wretched, it feels like he'll be quadruple-A filler for the rest of his life if he moves to the outfield. Unless we move him. If we trade him, I mean.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I don't know that we're gonna get much from him right now unless people see something in him that yeah, and we'll never yet. we'll
1: never get anything for him. he be, He would always be a PTBNL and l. He would always be a player to be named later. but unless he moves to a different organization by way of a trade for some random prospect or triple A reliever or something, uh, unless that happens, I think that he will be forever a quadruple a guy. It's
0: possible that's definitely a risk right now so.
1: and if he continues to strike out the rate he's been then that's just you have to you have to hit with more power than that in order to get away with that many strikeouts
0: yeah definitely all right so let's preview next week before we answer some questions that we have next week the angels are on the road And I'm pulling up their schedule. I should have had this up already. But next week they play...
1: The Rangers for four.
0: Yeah, that's right. They're in Texas for four. (laughs) They're in Texas all week.
1: Yeah, they are. What could go Um, wrong there? It's going to be a horrible, horrible (laughs) week. Anybody that thinks otherwise is kidding themselves. First of all, um, the Astros did just, I believe, sweep the Mariners. Okay. So obviously that whole... Uh, slump they were having was because they hadn't seen any AL West teams in a while. Uh, <laughs> but um, so the Astros are back on a winning streak. The Rangers, even though they're on a current two-game losing streak, are um, invincible at home. Absolutely invincible at home. They will not lose. We were swept at them. We were swept by them at home before, and it will probably happen again. Uh, you think we could get swept by the Rangers? I think that if if we weren't playing like absolute garbage, a two and two series would be realistic um, based on the matchups. Mm-hmm. And I think a one and three series was probable, but after watching the past three games, I have changed my mind. The Rangers are still hot. And the Rays suddenly having Snell get better again, and also having Brendan McKay have a debut for the ages, is the only thing that stopped them from beating, from losing to the Rangers.
0: Yeah. Well, this year we are five and five against the Rangers, but yes, we are zero and three against the Rangers at in Texas.
1: Exactly, and it's about to be zero and seven. I'm confident. <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't even think the Rangers are necessarily that good. I just know that first of all, Mike Miner will kill us. Yeah, he that's will. a given. No matter mm-hmm. who or what happens that day, Mike Miner will get the win. Yeah, and then Lance Lynn, that's a probable loss. He is the second highest mm-hmm. pitcher, second best pitcher by FanGraphs wins above replacement, and one of the best. Uh, well, he's up there by Baseball Reference. All right, so
0: do you think the Angels could go 0-7 this week?
1: I think it's very, very possible. I think our best (laughs) chance to win is probably against the Astros somehow.
0: I think we pull off two wins. That's what I'm going One against Texas and one against Houston. I think we're going to pull out one of the Texas games. I'm going to Um, say that
1: we go 1-6. 1-6. I do want to mention that Jeffrey did um, provide his input, and he said he wanted us to mention that he wants us to go (laughs) 7-0. He wow. said that because he's not watching the games and he's in he's in London right now, right?
0: He's in his own little he's in a different world literally right now. Yeah, he's in London.
1: Yeah, so because he's there, he's not watching the games right now. So he's very optimistic. Uh, he he didn't get to see the uh, absolute train wreck that was the end of the series. Right. So seven and zero is his claim.
0: That's <laughs> not even going to be close.
1: Um, if he's say- <laughs> right, we both have to get tattoos that right that, that read seven and zero.
0: Okay, done. I will I will agree to that. Are you agreeing to that?
1: No, because that's going to happen just because I made the bet.
0: There is no way the Angels go 7-0 this week against the Rangers and the Astros. There's
1: no way. You are literally going to be biting your tongue, which is why I will not make a bet like that. All
0: right, so I made that bet, I guess. All right. We should also point out that since they are in Texas, all the games are earlier. The four games, Monday through Thursday, against the Rangers, are at five oh five PM Pacific, and then Friday is five ten Pacific, Saturday is four fifteen, and that is a national broadcast, so you will not find it on Fox Sports West. And then Sunday we play at eleven AM.
1: So Pacific, I won't be able to watch any of these games because I live in Texas, so I'm blacked out. Yeah, and my cable issues, and also. Even though I can watch Rangers games here at home, technically with a TV, I am unable to because I have to work 7 days a week right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so my my post Last games half. if I have to do any will be based off of the radio, not off of watching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this might be a good week for you to miss games though.
1: I'm I'm really thinking so. <laughs>
0: Alright, let's 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 hope that we're both wrong with our wins and we're closer to Jeffrey's total, but not 7-0 because I'm not getting a tattoo.
1: We won't be wrong. <laughs> we won't
0: be. Alright. That being said, we did ask for some questions on Twitter and some other sources. Let's start with the non-Twitter question that we have. Is should Otani pitch or hit or both next year when he's able to pitch again. I know you have an opinion on that.
1: Well, you go ahead and give yours first because <laughs> they, they all know that I'm gonna rant. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> you're definitely gonna rant. I hope you're gonna rant. Um, so yeah, I think I think Otani should pitch and hit because he's really good at both. And I think until he shows that he can't do both, then we need to give him that opportunity. So he, he's the best pitcher on the team Uh, I think he's better than Canning. He's a potential potential ace. I don't think he's an ace but he's a potential ace and he is the best DH we have. So if they do both next year I'm hoping he can still get a lot of at-bats which is going to be a challenge because they were not letting him hit the day before and the day after he pitches. I hope that there's some adjustment in that a little bit this year. Otherwise he's only hitting three days a week and the Angels quite frankly need his bat. So It's a delicate mix, but I really think you should do both.
1: And I think that the delicate mix is the big problem there. I'm of the opinion. I actually got this idea from Sam Miller from his article uh, talking about how this was last year and on May 22nd, talking about how the Shohei Otani experiment wasn't just working. It had been perfect at that point in time. And I completely agree. It definitely had been at that point in time. And so long as Otani continued to pitch to the exact same level above league average that he had hit, it was totally perfect. But in the article, Sam Miller explains how when he becomes too good at one side or the other, it loses its value. You have to maintain that extremely thin line in order for it to be worth it. And I think that Otani has been too good of a hitter to warrant it and it would take an incredible incredible pitching performance for it to make it worth it for him to still be a two-way player he would have to be somewhere in the vicinity of 50 to 60 percent above league average as a pitcher in my opinion and i think that that's something that's unrealistic to expect at the age of 24 could it happen people have doubted it before and i'm sure it probably could but the thing is He is hitting at a level where it hurts to take him out of the lineup. And when you do that, even for one day, it's hard, the day that he's pitching. But when you have to take him out for three days in a row, at least for him to rest, that's brutal. You are hurting the team because you're taking his bat and his arm out of the Mm -hmm. actual game two to three times a week. Yeah. That's almost half the week where you're not even having him play. And I think that's just too much to warrant it if he's not literally an ace and literally J.D. Martinez. Personally. However, one last thing really fast. However, the biggest problem with it, with the pitching side, and I'm just, I'm just leaving it at this, because this is obviously one that doesn't require much explanation, is that having him pitch drastically increases his risk of injury. And I think that the risk of injury way outweighs the possibility that he could maybe balance on that thin line of ace pitcher and incredible Joey Gallo like slugger. I hmm. think that that injury risk completely take takes the probability of it being worth it out of the realm of reality. So, that's just my opinion, but I think that Otani if he converted to to an to a, an outfielder again, I think he would be absolutely phenomenal and I think that it would be so much better cuz we could see him every single day.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him sitting every day before and after a start I don't I don't necessarily see a reason for that I don't know why he can't hit the day before he pitches maybe the day after he's a little too sore um, that's possible but this this losing him three days a week is terrible I agree with that um, but he's too good at both to not do both so that that's where I struggle with not not having him do that at least while he's young maybe that changes when he's 26 27 30 years old and and he's just a hitter or just the pitcher but,
1: well there was a recent article that just came out i don't know if you know about this but they were talking about it on uh was it baseball america or i think it was baseball america and it was talking about the astrophysicist who was studying the baseballs and the new con- construction of them did you, did oh, you yeah. read about that mm-hmm And the big thing on there was talking about that 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 relates to Otani was talking about the newer, wider laces and how they believe that that's caused blistering to happen to a lot of pitchers, especially people that use splitters. And I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it because his splitter, his blister problems, they started happening from his splitters when he came over to America, but in Japan, he was just fine. And yeah. I think that maybe the new, the way the baseball is constructed these days may not be a good thing for Otani to continue to try and do, because then he'll be taking out the lineup even more.
0: I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I, I mean, I'm sure they're going to do both next year, but we'll see how that goes. It might not be as painful if we had a better DH to back him up on days when he wasn't playing,
1: but... <laughs> Well, Justin Bohr. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so
0: we have some other questions via Twitter. Um, The first one is from Jeffrey Tan, (laughs) of course. Who are the biggest all-star snubs?
1: You go ahead and go over yours first. I'll go over mine next. I have
0: three of them, and then I have one that probably should not be on the all-star team. Where's my third one? Uh, all right. First one I'm going to talk about, and this one's a little bit controversial, but Fernando Tatis. It's controversial because he hasn't played a lot of games. He has only played 47 games this year. Um, but in 200 plate appearances, he's racked up 2.8 war. He has a 335 batting average, 11 home runs, incredible defense. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Tatis is probably the best, best or one of the best shortstops in the National League right now.
1: I can see where you're coming from. I think that you're also a bit of a homer since you're also a Padres fan. <laughs> but he,
0: he's good. He's, he's even got 12 stolen bases in those 47 games.
1: Let me guess. You're also going to say that that uh, Yates Yates should have been a super All Star. Yates is on- <laughs> Yates is good, but um, but if
0: you look at the starting short the starting shortstop for the National League is. Javi Baez, and he's good, but he's not Tatis' level of good. Same thing with the backup. Uh, I think you're
1: underselling Baez's defense. He's
0: got good defense, yeah. But if I'm you look saying. at his stats, um, what are his stats? Well,
1: defense is a stat, too. It is. <laughs> if, you, if you look at his offensive,
0: he's batting two eighty four with a three twenty two on base. That's pretty pedestrian. What's, right? what's the slugging? Uh, his slugging is... Why is that not showing it there? Uh, oh, come on, MLB.com. Really? Why did I pull up MLB.com? His slugging is five forty-six.
1: Okay. I'm just saying that's not. Tatis is slugging six nineteen. Okay. I'll... I'm
0: saying he's probably a better shortstop than.
1: I'll tell you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Okay. I haven't and... had. I haven't had enough time watching the National League because I don't watch it at all. To. <laughs> to definitely argue this point however
0: i would argue trevor story would be a better starter than Bobby
1: bias oh is trevor story not starting
0: he's not he's a backup
1: i voted for story so yeah i didn't vote for Baez.
0: all right so <laughs> that was one of mine story the should have absolutely one, been
1: it in my opinion but he's a rocky so uh
0: the other one um is chris sale i'm gonna put chris sale on there i'm gonna go controversial starters uh, Chris Sale is good. He's always good. He, uh, he has a 13k per nine strikeout rate which is about the best in the league. Uh, I think, I think uh, there's one person. Uh, Garrett Cole has slightly higher. Chris Sale 3 and 7. It's a little deceptive. I think if you take out his first couple starts uh, he was pretty amazing and you kind of have to take out your first couple starts with Red Sox. I think I heard you laugh a little bit there. Um, but the Red Sox had a shorter spring training than a lot of the other teams, by, by on purpose. I'm so, going to so- go
1: ahead and counterpoint, okay, and Let's say that. that Sale, in my opinion, is the biggest reason why the Red Sox are not contending right now,
0: Ooh. because he's
1: been so bad. Oh. I think the Red Sox are not in it and not in a wild card position right this exact moment because of Chris Sale immediately after he signed this huge contract his extension and then he completely completely falls apart and yes he still gets you a lot of fantasy points and everything but are those really as important as wins i'm not talking about the stat win i'm talking about like literal wins
0: but he's also started 17 games and he's given up more than three runs and only f- five of them
1: and were those and like his of, first five starts? Two of them were. <laughs> two of them, okay. Yeah. But I've he's he's definitely not been the sale we expected, and even if his fielding independent pitching is good, his ERA is not for a reason because of all the collapses he's had. <laughs> and I'll say that you said he had five starts with over five earned runs allowed? With over three. With over three. Yeah. How many of those were over five?
0: Um one.
1: Only one? And it was
0: against the Mariners opening day.
1: I'm not going to have him as an all-star. I do have (laughs) him as probably underrated due to his ERA, but (laughs) I don't have him as an all-star. I I can't...
0: That's fine. I can live with that.
1: (laughs) I can't let the strikeouts alone determine... Who is an all star and who isn't. Alright, I have one
0: more I have one more that should it, that was snubbed and one more and one that shouldn't be on the team. Okay. So the the other one that I think was snubbed is Jose Barrios from the Twins. He's been pretty amazing did this he year. Make it? Get, he did not make it. Two point eight nine ERA, a one point zero eight whip.
1: Oh, I must have missed it.
0: Seventeen starts. Yeah, he's he's been really good um this year and he didn't make it on the team. So I'm not sure what happened there but I think I think he was a snub
1: well all I can say about Jose Barrios is that um we killed him so <laughs> <laughs> I think we did it last year too we, we've 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 had his number I don't we, know what's we've up with got his, his number yeah I don't know what's uh, up with he, his starts against the Angels but we 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 definitely have him down he
0: has only given up more than three runs twice this year and once was against the Angels ha <laughs> yep, five runs, and then he gave up four runs against Baltimore for some reason back in April.
1: <laughs> hey, Baltimore! To be fair, they 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 dominated most the Indians for most of the series, the past three days.
0: Uh, that's true. That is true. So, all right, and then I have one more before I'll let you go here. Uh, who should not be on the All Star roster? Mookie Betts. <laughs> Just let that I think sink he in for a second. I think he um, should be on there. Batting 261 this year, 13 home runs, is, is just kind of meh for him. Um, he's not having a great year. He's uh, struck out 57 times in 81 games, which I guess isn't terrible, but it's higher than he's done in the past. I, I don't think he's anything special this year. I think he's a good player. I just don't see All Star. I think he's one of the reasons why the Red Sox are losing, not Chris Sale.
1: Well, I do want to say about Mookie Betts, um, he still has phenomenal defense, so it's hard for me to... (laughs) He's one of the best defenders in the outfield, so hard for me to say that, but I understand where you're coming from.
0: Yeah. All right, let's hear your uh, snubs.
1: Well, before we get started, I do want to mention, this is not related to my snubs, but I do agree with Tommy Pham about when he said that uh, the All-Star game... Should either be determined by stats exclusively and not by the fans, or they should take that out of the consideration when determining arbitration numbers. Yeah, I think it's totally unfair for the fans to decide who makes the most money uh, when most fans that are voting are completely uninformed.
0: Yeah, that's not fair at all.
1: Yeah, so I do agree Mm -hmm. with him there. Um, that being said, I don't think, I I, like I said, I don't think this the arbitration numbers should come into this, but. I don't think that stats alone should determine who's in the all-star game. I think it should be who the most entertaining people are. That's not relevant to my snubs, like I said. But <laughs> All right. that's what I believe. So that's why I voted for I, I voted for LaStella instead of DJ LeMayhew. Because LaStella um, is a better story, in my opinion. And DJ LeMayhew is a former Rocky and now a Yankee. And those are boring. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, okay, so my snubs, because LaStella did make it, otherwise I'd have had him on there. But, yeah. My biggest snub, and I think this is the one that everyone's talking about, and even though I don't care for the Red Sox, Xander Bogarts definitely has earned the right to go to the All Star game. Uh, Xander, his line for the year. He's batting 299. His on-base percentage is almost 400 It's 392. And his slugging percentage is 532 with phenomenal defense. He's leading the league in doubles. And he is on a contending team. So I'm actually genuinely surprised he didn't make it. In fact, he's only been in the All-Star game once, and it was in 2016, even though his offense has arguably been better in 2018 and 2019. So it's kind of surprising. Hmm. Um, I think Bogarts is one of the more underrated shortstops in the American League somehow, even though the Red Sox watch him every single day.
0: Yeah, we know how tough it is to be a shortstop in the American League, though. There's a lot of good ones.
1: Definitely, and I I definitely agree with that. But it's still really, really hard for me to not see that, especially since he has, what, the the fifth highest fan graphs wins above replacement in all, like of all. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's right there behind Katel Marte, and that's incredible. So, yeah. I definitely think Xander Bogarts is a huge snub, even that. if people dislike the Red Sox on Halo's Heaven.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair.
1: Another one that I have is Cole Hamels. I think Cole Hamels has been the best pitcher for the Cubs by far, and his ERA is below three. His Philly independent pitching is 3.55, so it's it's decent. But, I mean, just when we saw him, you could tell he was on still. Cole Hamels, he has been phenomenal his whole career. He's had, like, maybe one or two down years. Everything else, he's he's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. He's I wonder be. if he got snubbed, though, because he just had an oblique injury last week.
1: It's probably the reason, but yeah. he definitely deserved it. Um, mm-hmm. it sure. Sure they definitely chose chose to go without him because of that i'm sure but um that's the so, harder
0: thing with pitchers because trout got elected when he was hurt but
1: with pitchers it's harder yep
0: yep yeah
1: because they want they still want to win and those are the uh, managers making those decisions right
0: exactly and they're not going to pick somebody who's injured yeah
1: exactly so i think he was a pretty big snub but as you said he is injured um, i think his bogarts is also injured which might be part of the thought process there as well mm-hmm.
0: um
1: And the other guy, and this guy I don't think is injured, um, as far as I know, um, (laughs) this guy is actually a Ray, and he's not someone I mentioned a little bit ago, but he is an outfielder, and it's Brandon Lau. Um, Brandon Lau, as we know in the Rays series, he crushed us, but he has been crushing all year long, and his, uh, his wins above replacement is obviously very, very good and everything, but... Lau has been incredible. His A58 OPS with a 520 slugging, 275 average. Um, he's been one of their biggest surprises this year. People didn't expect him to be this good this fast. And he plays a lot of positions too. He's really, really versatile. Plays second base, outfield, and first base. So I think I think Lau... I mean, Lau, Lau obviously was never going to make it. If anybody on the Rays made it, it would have been fam. But... Lau, Lau Lau is just too new, but he definitely
0: has I don't know if a three thirty eight on base is an all star on base average, but percentage. But yeah.
1: yeah, but I mean he's up there with the best of them. He's up there with in home runs and RBIs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's definitely up there. So he's
0: he's good. I'll give him and that. And his
1: defense <laughs> is really good too. So that's yeah. the thing. But all I right. had him above Fam barely. I also was I, I actually voted for Fam. So oh okay.
0: So those are all stars. Did you have anybody who you think shouldn't be on there before we go to the next question?
1: Well, I was definitely going to look at that. But um, the biggest thing that I think shouldn't be on there, uh, I'm going to say would be, I'm going to say it should be DJ LeMayhew. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He's (laughs) he's earned it. Send your
0: letters to (laughs)
1: Rick. Yeah. Send your letters to me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. I was pretty satisfied with most of it. It looked like the fans mostly did a pre, pretty decent job, in my opinion.
0: I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't think All it was right. that far off.
0: So we have – this one's – I don't know if this is a serious question, but uh, Robert Spencer asked if Granderson or Mathis are available. <laughs> I, think, I think that kind of shows you the, the state of the team these days, but – um i mean mathis would be better defense for sure
1: well to answer the question the answer is no to the second one because mathis is a ranger and the rangers are not going to trade the guy making lynn lance lynn and mike minor um literally uh peter and paul for their for their team so to, to gallows jesus of course um I think that Mathis is totally, totally responsible for their pitchers being so good. Um, not all those pitchers can be saved, of course. Some are just too crap. But Lance Lynn and Mike Miner are absolutely uh, gods among men as far as pitchers this year. So.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure why he mentioned Granderson. Granderson has a 185 average this year. So even if he was available, which he's not because he's playing on the Marlins, I don't think you want him.
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, I would I would take Mathis right now. I would take – I would take uh, – who are some other catchers that I would take at this point? I would take Mathis. I would take um, – wait, who was our catcher with Ionetta, the, the backup? Hank Conger, thank you. <laughs> I keep wanting to say G-Man Choi. Man, that's that's bad okay like yeah he's
0: having a heck of a year all
1: right. yeah he is too but hank conger i would take him and his noodle arm i would take <laughs> i would take napoli's current wow. catching prowess he's not I mean, even playing. exactly <laughs> he retired um, <laughs> there there are definitely some catchers out there that you wouldn't think i'd take that i'd take over luke roy
0: so. i know because you take a cardboard cutout
1: all right and really fast, um, before we go, I wanted to mention another thing that we saw from Reddit. Uh, I think it was like a week ago or so. But the question asked, w- who would you rather have, Cody Bellinger or Shohei Ohtani? <laughs> and at the time, I had said, and this is just at the time I had said this, that, as I said before, as long as Ohtani is a two-way player, I'd rather have Cody Bellinger, because, in, in essence, the injury risk and the... Um, I, th- I think the losing him for three three days in the lineup kind of hurts the team but I do want to bring up a counterpoint really fast and that is that Shohei Otani is one of the two most clutch angels of all time <laughs> he and trout trout is number one and Otani is number two as far as win as far as uh, win probability, Statistics, they're two of the most clutch players, let alone teammates, that the Angels have ever had. And so, do I want to really lose that? I don't know how good Belly, how Belly, how good Bellinger is <laughs> in high-lever situations. But in high leverage, high leverage situations, Otani has the second-best stat line of all time. So, yeah, for a decent amount of plate appearances too. Did they call
0: Bellinger Belly? They should.
1: I think they do, but I think it's weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That being said, I think we're good for this week, yeah? I think we're good. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone.
1: All right. Bye, guys.